Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. I, I texted our family group chat and I said, wow. I said, worship, wow. And I said, the water table is rising. Have you noticed that the water table is rising in the house? Have you? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's rising, and, and I think we need to pay, I know we need to pay attention to that because God is here. And when God keeps showing up in the presence of the people, it's because he wants to do something, and not necessarily in the room, but he's wanting to do something inside of all of our hearts. He's trying to get our attention this season. He's saying, come away with me. He's saying, you know what? I'm all that you need. All the stuff that you've been looking for, uh-uh, I'm what you need. I am what you need. I am what you need. I am what you need. He's saying, seek first my kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. He's calling forth generations to walk shoulder to shoulder together this season. I love that about Hope City. We're a generational church. We're not competing. We are not competing with one another. In fact, we're cheering one another on. And I pray in Jesus' name that we're going to even get better at that, of coming alongside one another. Grandparents speaking into grandchildren's life, and I'm meaning spiritually, parents speaking into the next generation's life, and the next generation being able to glean from the wisdom. And maybe the mistakes that we've made to help them not make those same mistakes. Amen? We're called to walk together, not alone. And I said it during worship. It's not just a t-shirt. Who's wearing it? You want to stand up, Ella? It's not just a t-shirt. We actually really believe this. We go together, not alone. With Jesus Christ in the center, in the, in, in the center, you can just hold my hand. Ella's like, I pick on the ones closest to me. So Ella's dating uh, our son. So she's like family. So Jake's not here. So I'm going to pick on you today. And maybe you, you might get it too. Um, but these are the days. Like I, I sat in... Oh, man, you guys. Okay, you want to hear a little bit about our week? Because were you here for Pastor Jake's message last week? <sighs> Someone said to me, actually, several people have said, aren't you excited to move in your house? I'm like, well, imagine running a really long marathon for 18 months. I was sharing this with Pastor Adrian this morning. And you're so tired, and you're ready for the race to be done, but you're determined to finish well. You're not really excited. You're just ready for that tall glass of water and just say, you know what? I'm going to finish well in Jesus' name. Ready for the next race. <laughs> ready for the next race. And in fact, so we had to move out of our place this week, okay, our little place, and move back, like Jake said, with our in-laws, my, my parents. Oh, my goodness. Lord, forgive me. My parents, his in-laws. And so I, like, I have a suitcase and a huge tub of laundry that I have not washed, okay? There you go. Now you know. I didn't wash my laundry before I moved, okay? And... So I set aside my leather pants. I'm like, you know what? I'll just wear this shirt again and my leather pants. I go to put my leather pants on. This, this just tells you where I'm at a little bit, okay? I go to put my leather pants on this morning. So proud of myself that I actually thought ahead. I go to put them on, and it's a leather jacket. <laughs> and I'm like, this isn't going to work. Jake's like, we could have worn them as hammer pants today. Some of you know what hammer pants are, and some of you are like, I don't know what those are. Anyway. So I had to dig through. Now I'm really telling on myself. So you guys will see I am a very real person. I had to dig through my laundry basket. And at the, 
because there was no pants. No pants, okay, you guys? We're going camping tomorrow. We have no pants. We just have shorts and maybe tights to go to the gym. I find these pants at the bottom, these yellow pants, dirty yellow pants, washed by the Holy Spirit today in Jesus' name. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm getting ready last night at Starbucks, my office. I'm like, I can't even go into all of it. We don't have enough time. I got to get preaching. Jake would be like, Jen, get on with it. But he's not here, so. <laughs> and I'm, I'm outside on the patio, and like five feet away from me is a, a driveway at Starbucks, and this 18-wheeler parks right in front of me, as loud as can be, and I'm just like trying to find like serenity, and I'm like, thank you. I just said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, I'm going to move on. So, you know, I heard a lot of you saying that during worship this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That is the right posture this season. Thank you, Jesus, in the valley. Thank you, Jesus, in the mountaintop. And when it breaks you so good, it breaks us so good that his great grace pours out. Church, we cannot do this without Jesus. We cannot take another step without Jesus. And if you think you can, I'm here to tell you that you can't. And if you don't humble yourself and realize that you need Jesus, he's going to humble you until you see that you do. Jesus, we need you. We need you. I believe that God is moving. I believe that we are living in the days that we have longed for. Next generation, you have no idea how some of the 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds, and 80-year-olds have been praying for you and for a move of God. You have no idea the ground that you are walking on that people have paid a great price for you to walk on. For that, I say thank you, Jesus. I believe that we're living in the days that we have prayed for, that we are living in the days that we have longed for. I believe that God is going to visit your home. I believe that God is going to bring supernatural healing, Natalie, to your body in the name of Jesus. I believe that God is taking care of depression and anxiety. I believe that your children are coming home in the name of Jesus. I believe that the prodigals are coming back. And for you that have been standing for decades for your children, I believe that you are going to see your children saved in your lifetime. Come on, church! I believe it. I believe it. I believe this book, that all of it is true. I believe that God is not a man that he should lie. I believe that he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider, and that his grace is sufficient for you because he is the El Shaddai, and he is more than enough. I believe that he is Jehovah Rapha, your healer, who not only heals your body, but he heals your mind, and he destroyed depression on the cross that he carried for you. I believe that he took away your fear and your anxiety. I believe that back pain and jaw pain is gone today in the name of Jesus. Church, do you believe it? Our pastor, Pastor Jake, has been preaching on faith every single week. Have you noticed? If you haven't noticed, wake up. When God is saying something to us over and over and over, he's saying, you know what? Maybe you didn't get that time. I'm going to say it again. And Jake said to me this week, because I said, what are you preaching on at City Life? He's like, faith. Faith. I said, okay. He said, Jen, I have this burden. And I've never heard him say this before. He said, I have this burden. I have this burden right now to preach on faith because if people don't learn to trust in Jesus, they're not going to make it. 
You can say, well, that's not very encouraging, Pastor Jenny. I'd rather say something to help you than hide the truth from you. Because how, how good is that? What kind of pastor just tells you what you want to hear? Not a good one. My pastor is Jake's dad, David McGrew. Oh my goodness, he's told me a lot of things that I did not want to hear in my lifetime, even this week. And he spanks me so good sometimes with the word of God, but I need to hear it. I need to hear it. And I need to preach this message or we're never going to go home. Church, I believe we're living in days that we have prayed for and prayed for for decades. I said that already. I believe that this is not the time. Hear me out, okay? This is not the time to have oil missing from our lamps. But this is the time to be ready and dressed for action. We are in a race, church. Whether you realize it or not, next generation, you are in a race. And it's supposed to be a race lived in the grace of God, not striving. It's not a sprint, but it's a race for long-distance runners. It's a race of endurance. You and me, our family, our church, churches in our city, churches all across the nation, sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, called to walk together for such a time as this. Amen? This is your moment. This is our moment. This is our moment. This is not a time to be silent, but to rise up and pray. It's a time to gather more and more and more and more and seek the face of God. It's a time to keep our face in the word of God, lest our roots don't go deep enough to handle the storms of life. And I'm going to end with this. Parents, the time to prepare your children is now. I don't say these things lightly. I wrote them down because this is from my heart. Parents, the time to prepare your children is now. Psalm 119.32, Jaden, can you put it up? It says, I will run the course. Is that the new living? Can you put it in the new King James? I must have given you the wrong one. I'm sorry. It says, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge in my heart. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge in my heart. How many of you have read the Bible once or twice in your life? Anyone? Yeah, there we go. Okay. You may have noticed over and over in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul refers to us running in a race. Have you noticed that? Over and over in Timothy, he says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the, finished the race. I've kept the faith. In Hebrews, he said, run the race that's set before you. In 1 Corinthians 9, he said, run to win. He said, run to win. In Philippians 3, he referred to us running a race. And what did he say? Forget those things which are behind, but reaching forward, pressing towards the prize. Amen, Jesus. It's pretty clear that the Apostle Paul viewed his own mission and the church's mission as a race. Church, whether you realize it or not, I'm here to tell you this morning that we are running in a race. It's not a sprint. It's a race of endurance. Amen? So we have a slide here. We got slide one. Jaden, 
run the course. Derek, I thought you would like this. But it's the, it's the Hebrew word, and it's Derek, actually. And it means race, path. It means what the way, the course, the journey, the highway. And I want to challenge you this morning, church, okay? I'm always going to challenge you, okay? I'm an Enneagram 8. I will hug you and I will love you, but I will always challenge you to try to help you move forward. And I want to ask you this this morning. Are you on mission with Jesus? And I don't want you to feel ashamed, okay? I want you to just be thinking about it, okay? It's okay. It's okay. Are you on mission? Are you running on purpose and with intentionality this season? I'm talking to every generation, okay? I don't care if, you, if you've got a long runway in front of you or perhaps you're like, oh, the runway is like barely, like there's barely any runway left. Uh-uh. We are called to run with purpose and intentionality. I love that Pastor Blake and Adrian are running with purpose and intentionality. I love when they're praying before Sunday morning that they're praying like their lives depended on it for you. They're running with purpose. Thank God. Come on. Let's, let's, let's just clap for that. Thank God for mothers and fathers in the house that are still running with intentionality. I also want to say this to you, that nobody can run your race for you. Nobody can. I try to go to the gym every day. Jake can't work out for me. I wish he could, but he can't. You know, I go to do the stair climber 20 minutes a day. I'm like, oh, I actually really hate this. But nobody can do that for me. I have to do that for myself. Only you can fulfill the calling that God has for your life. I can encourage you. I'm going to tell you all the time, because you're probably tired of me saying it, but, you know, put it on my tombstone when I'm dead. You've been called for such a time as this. And I'll keep saying it to you until you believe it, until you start living like it. Amen? This is your race. Say, this is my race. This is your mission. Say, this is my mission. This is your purpose. Say, this is my purpose. This is your calling. Say, this is my calling. This is your destiny. Say, this is my destiny. Church, this was given to us by God. By God. The one who created you again and called you for such a time as this. Some of you have heard me tell this story, but I was supposed to be aborted. Some of you have heard me say that. But the Lord sent a Salvation Army captain, not coincidence, amen, to my mom who spoke the word of God to her and put courage in her heart to do the right thing. Hallelujah. Thank you for my mom. What a waste if I didn't live with purpose. What a waste. And you, you know, I think I could be living with more too, you know, and I'm always taking it up with the Lord. What else can I be doing? And not being busy. Busy isn't, don't confuse that with being purposeful. With purpose and with intentionality, doing what God has called us to do. I'm saddened. And in fact, I have cried so much this week. Seeing the anger everywhere. I think everywhere isn't a stretch. Seeing the rage seeing the frustration, seeing the, like, I have to, like, bring my AirPods to Starbucks with the noise cancellation sometimes because the gossip is so, like, oh, just, like, oh. 
people are tired. People are weary. People are frustrated. They're despondent. I think people are battle fatigued, to be honest. So I don't hold that against them. Don't hear me saying that I'm holding that against them. Oh my goodness, I'd be holding that against myself. And that might be you sitting here today feeling weary, feeling tired, feeling battle fatigued. Maybe you feel like you've been, like I was talking about this 18-month race that I'm just like ready to be over. Maybe that's you. And you know when people say it's been a long day, I'm like a long day. It's felt a little bit some days like a long life. <laughs> we can laugh. Come on, we can laugh. But here, the psalmist is saying, if we put up Psalm 118 again, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge in my heart. Let's say that. Let's say that together. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Church, we're in a race. You're in a race, and you have been called to run the course of God's commandments with an expansive heart, not with an itty-bitty's heart with an expansive heart. Commandments means commandments. It's from the word mitzvah. Can we put that slide up? Okay, so immediately I know you're thinking bar mitzvah, you're thinking bat mitzvah, okay? It means commandments, it means the laws of God. So bar mitzvah means son of commandments. Just so you know, that's just fun fact for you. Bat mitzvah means daughter of commandments. We know that it's a Jewish celebration of adulthood at 13. So it says, I will run the course. Are we having problems with the computer? Doesn't matter. It says, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. And I love this word, enlarge. It's from the word rakab. It means to make room to open wide. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart heart. I think we're living in a season where it's been hard to keep our heart open. Truth? Have you, have you struggled? Hands. Have you struggled with keeping your... It's hard to keep your heart open when people hurt you. I know. It's hard to keep your heart open when there's just so much going on around and you just want to go like this fetal position. But I have learned that we can't walk around the fire and that there's no shortcuts to this becoming like Jesus. There's no shortcuts to the love of God, church. Hear me out, okay? But that we have to walk through those moments of fire. I think some people think of fire as these seasons. You know what? Fire could be someone texted me something and it triggered some trauma or something in my heart and I'm like, oh, here we go again. Here we go, here we go, here we go again. I got to forgive them. Make forgiveness your friend. I'm going to say that again. That's a word for some of you. Make forgiveness. I'm not saying this to you. I'm just putting your hand. Okay, don't worry. Not calling you out. Make forgiveness your friend. Because you are in a race you were in a race to run his commandments, not yours, to obey him, not to do your own will. 
And we need an expansive heart full of the love of God to do what we're called to do. So make forgiveness your friend. Look at your neighbor this morning. Say, make, your, make forgiveness your friend. Some of you need to say that to your spouse. And you're like, I don't want to say it to my spouse. Make forgiveness your friend. People don't just get healed when we lay hands on them. The Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion. How many of you watched, um, what's it? we just did it. We've watched it so many times. I should know. So good, right? And I loved how they showed the humanity of Jesus. Like that one episode where he had been praying for people all day. And of course, Peter's fussing. Like, where's Jesus? And we should be on mission. And you know what? Jesus was on mission. And Jesus didn't talk to them at the end of the day because he was so tired. He just quietly went to his tent. See, we want to just lay hands on people, but for it not to cost us, and we don't want to forgive them, and we're just going to gossip and live offended and do whatever we want. But you know what? I just, you know what? I thank you, Lord, that Ella is healed, that this lockjaw is just loose in the name of Jesus. You want an anointing? We're going to have to pay the price for that. You're like, where's Pastor Jake? Let him preach on faith. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. And this is something the Lord's been talking to me about. And and if I've talked to you at all in the last few weeks, you've probably heard me talk to you about this. The Lord has been talking to me about my life, my family, our church. If we're going to carry the kingdom well this season, and if we're going to help move the mission of the church our church, the kingdom of God forward, then we're going to have to have greater capacity. Do you agree? People are dealing with so much. The frustration, the anger and stuff. And we can't hold that against them. Okay? So yeah, I'm saying that I'm putting my ear cancellation. There's a time I have to study and I need to focus. But I can't just always put my noise cancellation headphones in and just block out what's happening. Maybe I need to go have a conversation with them. Maybe I need to go pray for them. Maybe as I'm sitting there, I'm supposed to pray for them and not let their frustration become my frustration. Amen? We need a greater capacity to help be the love of Jesus Christ to the world around us, to help be the hands and feet to a world that needs hope like they've never needed it before. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my, enlargen isn't a word, enlarge my heart. Amen? We're able to run well, say run well, when we are obeying the Lord with all of our heart, and through that, say through that, by his grace, he expands our heart somehow, supernaturally, to be able to carry the mission that he has for us. And carry it well. And carry it well. Our obedience releases the grace of God. Say that. Say, my obedience releases the grace of God. And here's the thing. I want to add this. There's only going to be grace for what God tells you to do. This is just a little side thought. Anytime you don't sense the grace of God over something, start questioning whether or not you're supposed to be doing it. That has nothing to do with my message, but that might be for someone here. 
Amen? Okay, so practicals to running your course well. And Pastor Jake has said this over and over this season. We got to stay rooted in the word. Say, stay rooted in the word. I'm telling you, God keeps saying this to us. And if God keeps saying it to us, it's because we need to hear it. And Pastor Jake, I heard, I wasn't here, spoke brilliantly a message on reading the word of God. Amen. I've heard a number of you talking about it and posting about it on social media. We need to be a 24-7 worshiper of God. 24-7 worshiper of God. And you're like, am I just supposed to sing, he is worthy of it all, 24-7? I'm not saying that. Maybe. Well, maybe not. You need to sleep. But I mean, your everyday life, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Living like Jesus is not just your Savior, but he's also your, your, to run the course well, we're going to need discipline. Say discipline. It's going to take courage. Say courage. It's going to take strength. There you go. It's going to take determination, resilience, patience, wisdom, undivided focus. Pastor Adrian's going to like this. It's going to take praying in the spirit much. I'm in a spirit-filled church today. I didn't know that. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. I can be weird. People can be weird. But there is nothing weird about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not a thing. He's a person that we need every single day. Amen? Come on, let's clap for that. We'll have a class that we're, we're teaching again on the Holy Spirit. Some of you have taken it. We love to teach on it. It just takes all the mystery out of it. But something that you might not know is that and I've, I've had to do this a lot in the last few weeks just to keep my heart aligned with the Lord as we finish this race, in Jesus' name, finish well, is that when we're praying, when I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm praying the perfect will of God. So when you don't know what to pray about, when you don't know what to do, when you're like, I don't know what to pray, I don't even know what I need. But our Heavenly Father, it says in Matthew 6, knows those things that we need even before we know. He knows what I need more than what I know what I need. If that even made any sense to you at all. But it prays the perfect will of God. Church, listen to me. Your time is too short. Your calling is too great. Your future and family too vital to miss out on what God has for you. You are a significant piece in the kingdom of God. Cherokee and Johnny, you guys are a significant piece in the kingdom of God. Felicity is a significant piece in the kingdom of God. There is no junior Holy Spirit. Children are a significant piece in the kingdom of God. Cadence, you're a significant piece in the kingdom of God. Isaiah and Natasha, you guys are a significant piece. In, yeah, you guys are both here today, right? Yeah, there you are. You're a significant piece in the kingdom of God. You guys, we all are. We all are. And I'm praying in Jesus' name that our eyes would be open this season to see it. Yeah, have fun, but life isn't just about having fun. And that's actually not rest. So when you think about Sabbath, maybe for some of you don't understand Sabbath, Sabbath is solitude to take away and spend time with the Lord. It's not to go to Playland and ride a roller coaster. That is not Sabbath. 
That's fun, and it's not bad, but it's not Sabbath. If you were wondering, we got to take some time. If we're going to run well, we got to run with Jesus. Amen? Verse Hebrews 12. I wanted to get farther, but this might be as far as we get. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has for us. Next verse. And I wanted to say this because Pastor Jake talked about this last week. How do we do this? By keeping, let's say this, by keeping our eyes on Jesus. I want to say that. Let's do that again. By keeping our eyes on Jesus. Let's go back to the first verse there, Jaden, please. By keeping our eyes on Jesus. My paper's gone. We got to run with endurance, church. You got a long race to run. And, and I don't say that to discourage you. I say that to give you hope. You got a lot to do. God has a lot for you to do, Sarah. He's got a lot for you to do. There's a lot of runway in front of you guys. But you got to fix your eyes on Jesus. And we got to run, church, with purpose and intentionality this season. I wanted to read what endurance meant in the Hebrew, and there's no slide for this. But endurance means, I found this really interesting, and some of you might see some things as I say this, but it means a remaining behind. I want to say that again, because I think that hit some of you. It means a remaining behind. We can't live in a fear of missing out. Some seasons look like waiting, but waiting isn't wasted. Amen? It means a patient, enduring it means the characteristic of a man who is unswerved, or woman, who is unswerved from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty to the faith in Jesus Christ, even amidst the greatest trials and sufferings. Welcome to your future life. <laughs> you guys are so serious. It's so great. I know in my life, I got to get rid of some stuff. That's slowing me down. How many of you did the 21-day fast in January? If you're new to Hope City, we'll be doing another 21-day fast this coming January. And it's, is it so good? It's so good. But I approached Pastor Jake this last week. I said, you know, we might have to start doing a fast in August, right, to prepare for September because I have found through this summer that there was some things that I was carrying that I was really having to pray in the spirit a lot with that I needed to lay down. And this scripture grabbed a hold of me. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up so that I can run with endurance the race that God has set before me. And I wanted to talk for a moment about what the weights are. And what the kind of sin that could be tripping us up. Do you deal with weights in your life? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Sin? Who's without sin here? Not a single one of us. 
And I had this picture of us in the body of Christ, and it's like, we're trying to like run this race. We're trying to like run and move ahead, but we have this cycle of like, we just keep burning out. We just keep hitting the wall. You know what I'm talking about? We just keep burning out. We just keep hitting the wall. And this was the word that the Lord gave me. I said all of that to say this, church, we gotta, we gotta learn to run like those who don't grow weary. I'm going to say that again. We need to learn to run like those who don't grow weary. So I need a couple of volunteers this morning. Jacob. Lena, I need a couple of guys first, okay? Cam, are you on baby duty? Okay, sorry, Natalie. Whew, sorry. Oh, I probably should have got someone not so strong. Maybe you're not strong. You want to carry that? Carry yeah, box. lift it up. Just lift up the box. No? Oh, what did you think? Yeah, lift it up. This is my nephew, Cam, by the way. He's awesome. Is that heavy? Yeah. You want to try running with that? Okay. You want to just, like, walk around the room? I can run. Okay, run. Just run. Ten minutes, go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and try to just run. Uh-huh. Yeah, see, did you hear what he said? He said, I don't want to run with this. Did you hear that? He said, I don't want to run with this. And I think the Lord is speaking to us today because he's calling our church to live by faith, trust in him, keep our eyes on him, all these things that the Lord is saying to us and telling us, you know what, church? I have such a significant plan for your life. You've been called in the kingdom for such a time as this. I want to remind you today that you need to learn to run like those who don't grow weary. Because we can. Amen? Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up their wing, with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Come on. How do we learn to run like those who don't grow weary? We wait on the Lord. I'm going to say it again. How do we learn to run like those who don't grow weary? We but we also have to go back to scriptures like Hebrews 12, laying aside. So we wait upon the Lord. And as I've waited upon the Lord in the last few weeks, because I have been challenged and tested. You heard some of it last week, Pastor Jake. And you can laugh. It is a little bit funny. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, is this really my life right now, Jesus? And I'm like, I'm always asking people, what are you learning? What are you learning? And I'm like, what am I learning? What am I learning? Like, let me learn this so we don't ever have to do this again. Please, in Jesus' name. Please, in Jesus' name. But this waiting on the Lord has challenged me to say, what ways or sin in my life do I need to lay down so I can run like those who don't grow weary? So that I have ears to hear and eyes to see people around me, that I'm not running so myopic, but I'm actually allowed to see people when I talk to them and hear them and not just hear with my human ear, but hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Are you understanding what I'm saying? We need to learn how to run like those who don't grow weary. So we have a little box. Is my mom here? Oh my goodness, guys. I took these out of her yard. She's going to be so upset. She's going to be so upset. I... Uh, <laughs> 
I told Pastor Jacob, like, I need to go down to the river and get rocks. And I was like, oh, we're going to have to walk to the car to get the rocks. My mom's like, oh, you can borrow my rocks. And I'm like, you don't know what I want to do with your rocks. Okay, so just to give you a picture, you walk into my mom's yard. It's very big. It's very big. And so you have rocks. It, like, says Yeshua on it. And it says, like, gratitude and give thanks. And then I take her river rocks. And you know what I write on it? And I'm putting these back in her yard today. Gossip. (laughs) She's going to be so upset, and she's not here. I was going to tell her, but she's not here. Oh, she'll find out. Pray for me. Okay. Okay. Gossip is one of them. Envy. Disobedience. Oh, pride. Disobedience and pride. Apathy. Selfishness. Unforgiveness. Offense. Former ways of doing things. Laziness. It's getting lighter, isn't it? Comparison. Unforgiveness. (laughs) Shame. Guilt. Anger. Those are just some small examples of some weights and sins that we can be carrying. And we're not even aware of it. Do you know how you can tell what you're carrying? Okay, I'll just tell on myself here. I'll pick on myself. So you still like me, maybe, after. What comes out of your mouth when you're talking to people? Or what comes out of your heart when you're driving on Highway 1 and there's traffic again? We got to learn to run like those who grow weary. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge in my heart. So there's an enlargening that happens in our life through the obedience to Christ. But there's also the laying aside the weights and sins in our hearts so that we can make room for God to do what he wants to do. Amen? And I wanted to ask some bold people. Now, you don't have to tell on yourself. This might not be stuff that you deal with, but I got a marker here. And we have some clean rocks, my mom's rocks. Uh, I'm the youngest, so this is like the best. And I want to create a bit of a hive mind for this today of what's some examples of weights and sins that we could be carrying that we need to let go. Okay. A few of you come up, and we're going to write it on the rock. Amen? Ruth. Ruth is always so willing. And then just stay holding. Yeah, right on it. Someone else want to come up? And then just stay standing here holding your rock, okay? Anyone else? Anyone else? We need four more people. Josh. 
You want to come up? <laughs> He's like, yep, I do. Can you put those rocks back in there? I want you to hold it. And when you have your rock, we're just going to form a line at the front. Sorry, Josiah, this is going to be fun to edit. Can we have the worship team come up too? Reese? And I need about 11 people to come and take a rock out of here and just stand at the front. 11 other people. Do you have any more in here? Oh, four more people. I know some people's hearts are beating. Just grab a rock. Two more. Two more. Jean? close your eyes. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. And I want you to just ask the Lord. And maybe you need to take time tonight or this week and just say, Lord, is there anything that I'm carrying? Any weight or sin that's hindering me from running my race well this season? And just pause for a moment and just ask the Lord. So you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. And God needs you to run well. God needs you to run well because this isn't a race for one person or just two people. This is a race for billions of believers across the planet. Together, shoulder to shoulder. Focused and fixed on Jesus. And if you're at the front and you have what the Lord's talking to you about, just put your rock down at his feet. And let's just stand up, church. Let's stand up. Jesus. so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more.
And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.